Welcome to the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast. This podcast is written and presented to you by husband and wife team Dr. Sandra Camerata and Dr. Giovanni Campanile. Sandra is a psychiatrist and was born and raised in Sicily, and Giovanni is a cardiologist. They have written the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan book and podcast in order to introduce a wider audience to the wonderful taste and health benefits of the Sicilian Mediterranean diet, which will lead you onto a path of longevity and improved health span, the reduction of disease in the later part of your life. The goal is to live not only longer, but better with improved vitality and joy of life. Their motto is Be Well Deliciously. Depression, anxiety are definitely inflammatory diseases now because if we reduce inflammation, optimize diet and exercise and sleep, but we improve automatically symptoms of depression, symptoms of bipolar disorder, even symptoms of schizophrenia. So just the life change intervention can decrease, can improve symptoms of psychiatric illnesses. And now that we have more and more studies that support that. And so all chronic illnesses at this point most likely are inflammatory illnesses. So now I wanted to, to ask you, would you recommend that your patients, your cancer patients in terms of lifestyle changes would it, and diet changes? And then I'm curious to hear, what do you do? What is your lifestyle that helps you to control your inflammation? What do you like to do? Yeah. So, um, you know, with, with my cancer patients, it's often different phases that they're going through, um, that will impact what my recommendations will be. So I do, uh, experimental, uh, bone marrow transplants and stem cell transplants. And often by the time the patient comes to us, um, the, you know, uh, the damage has been done and we have to do something, um, really, you know, quite, um, dramatic to to get their disease under control so in that immediate peritransplant period um, we're a little bit less focused on exactly what they're eating uh, as opposed to just focusing on making sure they're getting adequate nutrition nutrition is absolutely critical uh, for a bone marrow transplant um, to work uh, we, we believe that it impacts as all it impacts all stages of the transplant from the chances of the transplant taking versus getting rejected um, to, uh, the immune system working afterwards, being able to tackle the cancer. So, you know, in the early parts of the transplant, we, we have nutritionists that are an intrinsic part of our team that are seeing those patients that are making sure, um, that they're getting adequate nutrition. Sometimes we have to avoid certain foods when they're neutropenic that may have, uh, predisposed them to fungal infections. Um, so they have to, uh, boil or peel. Uh, anything when they're neutropenic, once their immune system comes back, then we can start to uh, have their diet uh, be less restrictive. Um, but ultimately, once they get through the transplant, then we encourage them to um, have a health, healthy lifestyle that incorporates exercise and incorporates uh, a diet that is uh, going to minimize the the chances of them uh, developing uh, diabetes uh, or uh, obesity or cardiovascular uh, disease after the transplant. Transplants in and of themselves create an inflammatory state, and that inflammatory state is associated with a higher risk of hypertension, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. So dietary modification, uh, eating a healthy diet and exercising is an intrinsic part to making those stem cell transplants um, work well. 
We unfortunately can't, you know, ad uh, address that in the very early parts. But once they get out to be about six months after the transplants, after the transplant, that's where we're really starting to to focus on those types of important um, uh, behavioral uh, changes to make sure that, you know, we've got your cancer cured, we've got you past the first six months. Now we're looking for the next thirty to forty years down the road so that you live uh, a full life. And you know, we don't say, yeah, we cured your lymphoma, but, you know, five years later, um, the patient uh, died from a stroke or a heart attack. And um, I unfortunately have seen patients that had very unhealthy lifestyles after a transplant where we cured their cancer and uh, and they died, you know, from uh, something like a heart attack. So we're very, very focused on everything that we can do to make sure that, you know, patients have the, the highest likelihood of having um, a good lipid profile um, and, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, good blood pressure and dietary, you know, making sure they're on the right diet is a critical part of that. Myself, what I do, what I'm doing right now is maybe a little bit, you know, uh, disproportionate in my life to how I've done things before. Uh, but, you know, I've now worked out every single day for 10 months uh, for at least one hour. I've got my Apple Watch and I got my little rings that are set on there. And um, what I've uh, done is I've decided that my workouts that used to be uh, maybe three times a week, uh, if I was lucky, now are uh, part of my uh, daily uh, routine. And, um, you know, I'm in a phase in my life. I'm a little fortunate in the last year, but, you know, I, I have an hour or two uh, a day when I come home. Usually I get home about seven o'clock at night. And uh, the first thing I do is I walk the dog. Uh, and then I go downstairs in the basement, get on the elliptical trainer um, for a half an hour or so, the rowing machine, and, um, you know, get some uh, cardiovascular work in. And then, uh, you know, we'll uh, uh, lift some weights or do some sit-ups or things like that. But, you know, uh, typically, you know, an hour to two hours a day is is what I've been doing lately. And then my diet has changed dramatically in the last year. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm uh, very much on a Mediterranean diet now. Uh, I'm almost a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost a vegetarian. Uh, you know, I'm 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 very close. Um, you know, I'm a vegetarian probably six days out of seven, uh, and then uh, my brother-in-law comes over, and uh, and then you know <laughs> that changes for a day. What was it? <laughs> that is pretty much what we recommended. You know, to all our patients and through our book, you know, to have meat uh, once a week, but we also strongly recommend fish. Now, if it's not too burst, what has made this change for you to increase your uh, workout uh, routine and also your, and, and change your diet? Yeah, I, I think what happened for me was that I always, I always, um, uh, you know, was ate pretty well and I exercised a certain amount, but COVID derailed like it did many people, uh, in terms of, um, I got, you know, it all sort of started with getting deployed to, uh, Japan and, you know, being part of, uh, the United States government's COVID response with the diamond princess, uh, cruise ship. And, you know, that was intense for, um, three and a half, four weeks, uh, where we were working, you know, 20 hour days, um, trying to track down Americans that were infected with COVID in Japan and, uh, trying to get them the best, uh, care possible, uh, while they were hospitalized, many of them, you know, critically ill in ICUs. 
And that was, you know, about a month of, of me just not working out at all, all, not taking care of myself, not eating well. And when I came back, I, I, you know, went on an immediate deployment afterwards and I gained some weight, you know, uh, probably, uh, about, you know, 25 pounds, um, in a year with all those deployments. And, you know, for the first time in my life, um, uh, you know, I was starting to look at pictures and saying, oh my God, you know, I can, I can see, um, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really getting overweight and, big part of the problem was my gym was closed. You know, the gym that I went to for, you know, um, forever was closed. So, and I didn't have enough, uh, equipment in my house, um, to work out. And, you know, finally it got to the point where the, the pandemic was starting to wind down that, you know, gyms were opening and then, um, it was like, okay, I need to get back to where I was before. And I got back to where I was before in about three or four months. And then I just decided, you know what? Um, I'm going to get back to better than I was before. I'm going to get back to where I was in college. So I just set that as a goal, you know, was to to get my weight down to um, a weight where uh, when I was in the best shape uh, of my life. And, um, and, you know, once I got into that routine of uh, eating, um, you know, healthy food and, um, and exercising, uh, you know, as a, a daily part uh, of my life, um, you know, it, it, it just, Every week I was getting closer and closer and every week I was feeling better and better, more energetic. Um, I'm sleeping better than I've ever slept in my life. And my brain is working better than it's worked, you know, maybe ever in my life, you know. And and I have to tell you, when when I gained that weight, that was the first thing that I could I could tell was off. You know, it was like my ability to um, keep a, a specific, you know, train of thought to concentrate uh was just it, it wasn't like it had been before and you know i was trying to figure it out i'm like oh is this old age you know um i don't know but it's like you know i think it's it's an unhealthy lifestyle that's contributing to it and as soon as i started uh, you know losing weight eating healthy exercising more i could tell i was way more sharp uh than i had been were you sleeping better sleeping amazing you know yes that you know, because we now know that your brain detoxifies only in the later stages of sleep. So it's, you know, it's now a risk factor. It's on the list of risk factors for disease if you don't sleep well. So it's a uh, dementia for depression for, for everything else. But also in the sleep studies that have been done, uh, only when you get the full night's sleep, you actually can uh, produce 70% of the, kill the total killer cells that you produce during the day they're produced during the full night's sleep. So yeah. is another thing that, that helps uh, the immune response plus the microbiome, correct? Right? When you gained that weight, when you were not eating healthy, most likely your microbiome was not working well and it might also have had an influence on, on concentration, focusing, um, and everything else. But so, so it's all correlated and it all comes together. Yeah. One last question. I wanted to, you know, we, we recently interviewed uh, Dr. Walter Longo, who's a PhD in California, an authority on fasting. And so what's your opinion about fasting and its effect? He, he has some research data showing that he has a fasting mimicking diet that he's developed. It's a five-day fast where day one is a thousand calories, then two, three, four, and five or 800 calories. And during that period of time, your your cells shrink, actually organs shrink, and then 
the theory is that stem cells come back and they're refeeding and they grow. But also in cancer patients, their cancer cells become more um, vulnerable to chemotherapy and the normal cells are more protected. I don't know if this is something you know about or if you have an opinion about. Yeah. You know, um, that that specific area um, that uh, he has expertise on, I don't have expertise, but um, I, I believe that biologically um, that uh, all of that, you know, makes total sense to me. And, and, I, and I believe that we have the tools to systematically study that um, so that it's not, you know, anecdotal, um, but that it's hard science based, uh, based on systematic, you know, studies of what happens to cytokine levels, you know, what happens to a tumor when you put it under that kind of caloric restriction. You know, we can do things now like biopsy tumors before and after caloric restriction, for instance, um, or modify, you know, uh, sleep behaviors uh, and look at what are the effects of that on uh, inflammation, inflammatory pathways. So, you know, I, um, there's growing evidence that, you know, caloric restriction can affect a number of different pathways that um, ultimately would uh, be favorable for reducing inflammation and a number of other cardiovascular risk factors. So, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, caloric restriction, but there's a lot of different ways to do it. Right. Uh, and I can't say that one way is better uh, than the other way. And certainly, you know, there's extremes that I think could be unhealthy. Um, so, um, you know, I think that the, 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 this is an evolving science um, that, um we will, you know, continue to um, understand nuances of different, you know, uh, diets, and I don't think it'll be one size fits all. You know, I, I think they'll, 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 there will be, you know, a growing number of dietary options that will have um, favorable uh, profiles in terms of the impact on cardiovascular risk, but that may be, you know, applicable for one person, but for somebody else based on their lifestyle work environment may not be something uh, that would be optimal uh, for them. Um, so, you know, I, I think that we've got a lot to learn, but we've learned a lot already. And uh, there's no question that, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are directly under our control um, that we can start modifying, you know, today uh, to make uh, an impact in short order. And it, it, and it, you know, I think that those inflammatory markers and things like that that are impacted by diet um, can begin to uh, be changed and move in the right direction literally in days, you know, from these types of uh, intervention. There's long-term risk factors and there's, you know, there's long-term risk and there's short-term risk. But, you know, I, I'm a believer now more so than ever that, you know, you if, if, you, if you want to alter that risk, you know, the, the things that you do literally today can begin to um, make that risk go down. Yeah, I think that's true for a lot of diseases, including cardiac disease, but I'm sure in, in cancer also. I mean, we've seen reversal of disease in really advanced coronary disease. And this is very, very encouraging. What you said that can be done in just a few days, you can see results. Very encouraging. We, can, we have control over certain things. Very encouraging. We can implement these things. And we're grateful to people like you. 
If you are new to the show, welcome. And if you are returning, we are so grateful for your participation and support. We hope you go to iTunes or Spotify and subscribe to the show, leave feedback, write a review, or send questions. They love questions and look at every question that is submitted. The content of the Sicilian Secret Diet are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be a medical diagnosis or treatment advice. A doctor-patient relationship is not created, and any questions related to your specific physical or mental health should be directed to your healthcare practitioner. So hello, and thank you for joining Sandra and Giovanni for another episode of the Sicilian Secret Diet Plan Podcast.